to the latest in the Boba News podcast series. I'm your host, Kim Bremer. World Dairy Expo is less than five months away, and show enthusiasts around the country are making plans to make their mark on the colored shavings this fall. But there are a few changes that are happening at World Dairy Expo, and here today to talk through some of those changes is Katie Schmidt, who is World Dairy Expo's communications manager. Welcome, Katie. Thanks for having me on, Kim. So why don't you start us off a little bit, walk through some of the schedule changes that are happening this fall, and a little background about how all of this came about. Sure. So I think uh, we're actually going to start with how it came about because that's maybe the more important piece of this whole story. So if we think about World Dairy Expo, it's this event and organization that's really just, I mean, steeped in history along the way. It's 55 years of being in Madison. We each have our own personal traditions that make Expo special to us. And usually when you have an organization like that, it's really hard to make adjustments But we look at Expo and it continues to be an event that finds ways to be nimble to meet the needs of the industry wherever it is today and where it's going in the future. So we think about like the virtual farm tours that started in 2001 with the outbreak of foot and mouth disease. You know, we we wanted to be able to highlight things that were still happening on farms without taking people out on the farm and being a biosecurity risk. We... um, actually have adjusted the schedule in the past, which is maybe a little not known fact to a lot of people. Uh, The last time that would have happened was about two decades ago. So when we didn't have a show in 2020, it gave our leadership, so whether that is committee members, board members, stakeholders, and staff, really this chance to evaluate all of the feedback that we've gotten from stakeholders over the years. And what we heard from our dairy cattle exhibitors is probably no surprise. It's that they need five days in the show ring. They need as much space and time as we can give them. But when we talk to our trade show exhibitors for years and years and years, we hear from them that their industry standard for trade shows is two to three days at events. And we were asking them to be in Madison for five days. And that's, that's a huge ask for that group. So after years of them asking and telling us what they needed and what they wanted and where the industry was headed, we finally took the time to figure out how to make that happen for them. So the 22 schedule will continue to have a five-day dairy cattle show. It'll have a four-day trade show. And we actually are allowing the youth contests a full day within the formal event schedule this year too. So we've got a Sunday through Friday schedule. Um, and we're, we're excited about where these changes take us and how they allow us to meet, again, meet those needs of the industry of today and tomorrow. So specifically the changes, let's start with cattle exhibitors. There's a shift in days. There is. So our dairy cattle show will be Monday through Friday. Uh, that means that everything for our dairy cattle exhibitors really shifts up a day. So if people from the coast or Canada were coming in on Thursday, they're now able to come in on Wednesday. If our friends from just down the road here in Wisconsin were coming in on Friday, they can now come in on Thursday. So really just think about moving everything up a day for move-in purposes of our cattle exhibitors. What it looks like in the show ring, though, is a little different. We've got a different breed schedule. We've got adjustments to the time that shows start. And all of that is done to allow for more space in the show ring to exhibit heifers and cows. So shift in 
time in the show ring. So will the shows be starting earlier in the day? Some of them, yes. Uh, So a lot of times you're going to see what we call a stagger start in the morning. So we're going to try to move the young cow classes through the ring on their own. So like think the young Jersey cow. So the summer junior twos, junior two classes, those classes are massive. So we're going to start them early in the morning. And then the Guernseys will start a little bit later when we can split the ring and give each breed show the space that they need. You're going to see it again with the red and white cows on Thursday morning and the airshare cows starting a little bit later on Thursday morning. Um, There's adjustments again in, in that schedule. And those actually came from dairy cattle exhibitors, which I think is fantastic that that's where this initiative got its its roots. It's really a grassroots effort. Um, after the 21 show, our expo board members, expo staff, as well as exhibitors all were like, this is this is a problem. We've got heifers stacking in the show ring. Um, we, we aren't getting a good look that we want to get. And we were working internally to figure out how to address that problem. At the same time, our exhibitors were actually having open conversation in a Facebook exhibitor group that we gave them to have those types of dialogues in. And we were able to take some of those thought leaders, bring them into the, the, we'll say the inner circle. Um, So really just bring them into a committee with expo committee members, with board members, with staff, and work through these problems. And what they created is really an incredible schedule that I think will solve a lot of our challenges in the show ring when it comes to spacing. Uh, that is very exciting as someone who helps with a string at Expo. And certainly um, great to hear that uh, World Dairy Expo is listening to exhibitors and gathering their feedback. Yeah, it's something we really pride ourselves on. And it's the reason why we have standing committees for both the dairy cattle show as well as the trade show. We know we can't have conversations with everybody on grounds, but we want to gather as much feedback as we can and adjust to meet the needs of our exhibitors. So it it is really incredible to watch that actually function and happen and and be very public and visual in its way of changes. There are also changes for those who are watching in the show ring? There are, yes. Um, So that is another, we'll say a big change that came out of this grassroots effort was not only the schedule and how we can adjust and manipulate the schedule to offer more space in the show ring, but also what are our physical constraints when we look at the show ring? So, you know, in past years, we've got people that stand along the West rail and they're the people that in the show world, we call the rail birds. They love to, they kind of perch on that rail and they are watching and judging cows as they come in the ring. And it is one of those traditions that people have. And it's really fun uh, to year over year, see the same people standing in the same spots during the same shows. However, our our group that was evaluating the show ring prioritized uh, the need for more space on the show ring floor to exhibit cattle. So that west rail is actually being eliminated this year, and it's going to add an additional about 10 feet to the show ring. The other change that they've opted to make is to convert the large display that we're used to seeing Uh, from this really full three-dimensional display into something that's a little bit more two-dimensional. We're still working out what that looks like in reality, but by doing that, we're able to gain another like 15 to 20 feet. So really trying to maximize as much of that show ring floor 
into exhibit space versus we'll say, you know, that those extra pieces that we've just kind of come to know and learn. So if I'm just a visitor to World Dairy Expo and I'm not a rail bird and I want to watch the show, are there any changes to how I can access the seating area? You know, that is a, a really great question and a fair question to ask. And the answer is that we don't know yet. We're still figuring out how to make sure we have access to the Coliseum seats from the arena level, because we're still going to have trade show exhibitors in that arena level. Uh, they're also going to be in the main concourse of the Coliseum. And we want to make sure that we are, as an event, are facilitating that traffic flow through those spaces. So we're balancing that with this new concept of show ring space and show ring floor space is incredibly important. So the short answer is that we're working on it. Watch for signs. Um, the long answer is that it's still in uh, the process, but what we can say is that from the north end where cattle are coming into the show ring, there will be stair access up into the seating for those individuals who are coming down with cattle. Um, once they get in the show ring, if they want to watch those animals be exhibited, they're going to have access to the seats from that north entrance. Mm, excellent idea. Uh, you already alluded to the trade show, shortening it up a day. Are there any other changes that are happening to the trade show side of World Dairy Expo that visitors should be aware of? That's a really big one for us this year. It's just that elimination of Saturday and making it a four-day event or a four-day trade show. The other thing that people will likely notice this year over the 21 trade show is we're going to see the return of a lot of international companies who couldn't travel yet last year. So we're excited to welcome them back with open arms and have this really robust trade show that we have grown accustomed to. People will likely notice that there are no longer trade show booths in the east-west corridor of the exhibition hall. Uh, so those booths have been moved into the big hall. Uh, so still in the same building, uh, still have a great opportunity to meet with attendees, but they were relocated to actually make room for uh, improved international offerings. So that is where our international registration is now located. Our international lounge got relocated over there. Uh, and we've really tried to bolster the options and the amenities given to our attendees who travel from so far away and help them feel like they're at home. Uh, but the thing that I can say related to the trade show and some of these, you might think minor changes, but in reality, kind of big changes, is that the best thing you can do when you're planning your trip is to either visit Expo's website and look at the participating companies lists, look at the interactive maps. They're both fantastic tools. Or, and this is my preference, is to actually download the mobile event app because you're able to find companies in the trade show that you want to visit, hit the little heart next to them, and they'll show up highlighted on your map so you know where to find them when you're walking around. It's a great way to make sure you're not missing companies who may have been relocated this year. Oh, excellent idea. And it is difficult to get everywhere that you want to get in a day. You should, everyone should plan on coming to Expo for at least two to three days. That is, that is great advice. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about the tan bark area. That was new, uh, I believe last year, a popular spot for people. Uh, any new plans for this space? Yeah, that it was a fantastic uh, piece to really see take a life of its own in 2021. Uh, the tan bark actually came into uh, reality a couple of years ago, but it got relocated in 21 to the arena building. And that just, oh man, it, it made 
the space so much more impactful as a gathering place for attendees and for exhibitors. So if people haven't been in that space, it is where we have lunch every afternoon. Um, it's a great spot for just like pop-up meetings, whether it's with exhibitors or with fellow attendees or friends or family who you only see at Expo. Uh, it is where we host Tanbark Talks every morning. And those will be at nine o'clock this summer or this fall. And it's also where you're going to find happy hours from four to six on Monday through Thursday. And those are sponsored by some incredible companies coming in to really make sure that all of us feel welcome at World Dairy Expo, just to enjoy the networking and hospitality that the dairy industry has to showcase. Uh, Expo will also be providing free milk in that space. So great place again to find those dairy products that we all love to enjoy as dairy producers. Uh, it's also really just this great spot to rest and recharge. There's Expo TV playing on the screens at all times. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to show people what it looks like this year in 2022. Well, and it's a short walk to get a grilled cheese sandwich. That it is. Yes. Yeah. Feel free to grab that grilled cheese and then walk on in there. Enjoy the nice seating. Enjoy being out of the sun if it's sunny or the snow if it's snowing, uh, because we get all of the weather options the first week of October here in Madison. So any final messages or updates that exhibitors uh, should be aware of from visitors? Yeah, I think the other thing to know is that the education offerings are also changing this year and adjusting with this new schedule. Um, so I mentioned that the youth contests are all on Sunday. So that's your fitting and your showmanship and your judging contest. The fitting and showmanship contests are open to all youth up to age 21. Uh, it's free to enter. They're great learning opportunities. You don't have to exhibit in a brief show to participate. So I highly encourage youth in the dairy industry to look at those contests and those opportunities if they want to get their first taste of competing at World Dairy Expo. Uh, but on the education side of things, it is also going to follow the trade show dates. So education offerings will be between Tuesday and Friday as well. Uh, there's going to be one virtual farm tour, one expo seminar, one expo and Espanol seminar, um, still the six, ten, or six knowledge and accessions every day, a tan bark talk every day, the dairy forage seminars are coming back. Um, but that is going to look different because of that new schedule. So I, again, can't recommend enough how important it is to download the World Dairy Expo app or visit the website and look at that schedule. There are more than 50 opportunities to attend a formal education offering at Expo. Um, so it's really a lot more than, than just the, the really the two shows that people know and love at Expo. So I encourage people to check out those new offerings, those new opportunities, discover something new about Expo, um, participate in career connections if you're a young student or a young professional, um, and really just make the most of your time in Madison with the global dairy industry. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time with us today, Katie. We appreciate it. I know many people listening, I'm sure, are counting down to Expo already because it really is this gathering of the dairy industry and our dairy family. My pleasure. Thanks for having us on today, Kim. And yes, we can't wait to see everybody in just a few short months in Madison. Well, this wraps up our Bova News podcast for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription service. And while you're at it, follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. And be sure to check out our website, bovanews.com, for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. This has been your host, Kim Bremer. And from everyone at Bova News, have a great day. <music>